Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, Forces of Nature. So today we're going to talk about a somewhat controversial topic, um, which is global warming and the challenges that it will bring ahead. Um, Global warming is a serious environmental issue that many seem to underestimate or sometimes even disregard. Um, But unfortunately, we have been witnessing the changes that it has created, you know, from the wildfires to the ice melts increasing in polar regions. But putting aside everything else that we have been facing in the world, such as the pandemic chaos, the political problems, the racial discrimination, and police brutality, we have to realize that um, the main problem and the principal problem is global warming. So, because although global warming originates from natural causes, human influences and activities are a major cause to it as well. So this being the case, our podcast will go into depth as to how the world overall has been responding to such issues, and we will emphasize on ways that we can reduce global warming and actually make a change. Our goal is to allow people to look at such issues through a different perspective, as we will be mentioning philosophical ideas as well as religious ones. So now to just get started, Nabiha will be giving us an introduction to what global warming is, what causes it, and its different effects, and also how climate change is a big contributor too. So hey Nabiha, how are you? Hello Melody, I'm good. I hope you're having a lovely day. It's currently Friday, November 20th, the sun is shining, it's a cool 61 degrees outside, and I would just like to have a conversation about global warming and environmental concerns broadly. I think it's so important to talk about these things and raise awareness as they have such dire effects on society today and generations to come. So I'm going to go right into what is global warming. And I think a lot of people, they're not really too sure on what exactly it is. They just know that climate is getting hotter. So. Global warming is defined as a change in global or regional climate patterns, in particular a change apparent from the mid to late 20th century onward and attributed largely to the increased level of atmospheric carbon dioxide produced by the use of fossil fuels. Climate change deniers have argued that there's been a pause or slowdown in rising global temperatures, but several recent studies, including a 2015 paper published in the journal Science, have disproved this claim. Scientists say that we, unless we curb global warming emissions, average U.S. temperatures could increase up to 10 degrees Fahrenheit over the next century. Okay, so I actually um, have a question for you, Nabiha. So there is questions about global warming have been rising since 1896, and the world itself has changed a lot since then. But I think a very important question that we should ask ourselves is how do humans cause climate change? Well, that's a great question, and honestly, everything we do contributes to rising temperatures, and we can look at other major factors such as water vapors, carbon dioxide, but the largest known contribution comes from the burning of fossil fuels, which releases carbon dioxide gas to the atmosphere. Um, I'm going to go into like overall what causes global warmings, and global warming occurs when carbon dioxide various air pollutants and greenhouse gases collect in the atmosphere and absorb sunlight and solar radiation that have bounced off the Earth's surface. Normally, the radiation would escape into space, but these pollutants, which can last for years to centuries in the atmosphere, trap the heat and cause the planet to get hotter. That's what's known as the greenhouse effect. And some of the other effects of it include the melting glaciers, early snowmelt, and severe droughts, which will cause more dramatic water shortages and increase the risk of wildfires in the American West. Um, 
Rising sea levels will lead to coastal flooding on the eastern seaboard, especially in Florida and in other areas such as the Gulf of Mexico. Um, another one would be forests, farms, and cities can face troublesome new pests, heat waves, heavy downpours, and increased flooding. And all those factors could, could damage and potentially destroy agriculture and fisheries, resulting in less food sources for human and animal populations. Another, man, there's, there's so many of them. Another would be the disruption of habitats such as coral reefs and alpine meadows that could drive many plant and animal species to extinction. And the last but certainly not least effect of global warming would be the fact that allergies, asthma, and infectious disease outbreaks will become so much more common due to the increased growth of pollen producing ragweed, higher level of air pollution, and the spread of condition, conditions favorable to pathogens and mosquitoes. So I'm going to go into talking about the regional effects that global warming could have on the U.S. in different sections because global warming is not just going to affect every population the same way. It can absolutely be worse in different parts of America, but certainly there's no winning when it comes to global warming. So within the Northeast in particular, heat waves, heavy downpours, and sea level rise pose growing challenges to many aspects of life in the Northeast. Infrastructure, agriculture, fisheries, and ecosystems can become increasingly more compromised due to global warming, and many states and cities are beginning to incorporate climate change into their planning because of this. Within the Northwest, changes in the timing of stream flow to reduce water supply for competing demands, sea level rise, erosion, risk to infrastructure, and increasingly ocean acidity pose major threats. Um, within the Southeast, sea level rises pose, hold on one second, sea level rise poses widespread and continuing threats to the region's economy and environment. And extreme, health, and, and extreme heat will affect health, energy, agriculture, and more. The decreased water availability will also have economic and environmental impacts on society as we know it. Um, within the Midwest, extreme heat, heavy downpours, and flooding, it will affect the infrastructure, health, agriculture, forestry, transportation, air and water quality, and so many more. Climate change will also exacerbate a range of risks to the Great Lakes. And last, within the southwest region of the U.S., increased heat, drought, and insect outbreaks, all linked to climate change, have increased wildfires and will continue to do so. And the declining water supplies reduce agricultural yields. Health impacts in cities due to heat and flooding and erosion in coastal areas are also additional concerns. So my personal thoughts on the matter, you know, knowing that global warming has pointed towards higher death rates in the 21st century, this has negative lasting effects on all of the human race, especially children, the elderly and low income communities. Global warming is known to worsen air pollution due to the rising temperatures, which cause dirtier air that can cause higher death rates for asthmatics and worsen the health of people suffering from cardiac or pulmonary disease. Alongside this, with global warming, it causes, it, with it causing more acidic oceans, it poses a serious threat to underwater life, particularly creatures with calcium carbonate shells or skeletons, including mollusks and crabs. Overall, it's highly important to look at these various factors and raise awareness for the harmful effects that global warming has on our planet and animals because it will ultimately affect everyone as a whole, even if they're not seeing it in the moment. So, Melanie, I have a few questions for you and I want to get your thoughts on the matter. So, my first question for you is, do you think it's necessary to recycle? 
Well, I think that's actually a really good question. I mean, recycling it I there's a lot of um opinion based on that and I think that a lot of people it has been going up throughout the years whereas like if you would see it years ago um like this wasn't really known but now if you walk in the streets there's these recycling bins and it, it actually helps and I think it is necessary because recycling itself um does save energy because it reduces greenhouse gas emissions which actually does tackle climate change overall mm-hmm. those are some great points um what solution do you propose for environmental concerns such as global warming pollution and damage to the ozone layer that's a really um like i guess like a really complicated question because there can be many answers to that but i think that that's actually something that i was gonna go more into depth about on because like i did a lot of research and i like i read through many articles but the one that mostly got my attention was an article written in the new york times called how climate migration will reshape america and this article just basically goes more into depth about this and about like how um cha- i think the main solution will be like changes in our food and what we eat and like our dietary shifts and because although people might not realize that but changing that does have a positive effect on global warming so this article actually goes more into depth about this and it it mentions that doctors are currently working on determining what policies and behavioral changes we can make to like make it possible to implement to and see such effects and i think like you know obviously um besides just like reducing the burning of fossil fuels we have to start um like seeing these effects by beginning maybe just like cutting down on eating red meat and like the article briefly states like it's just a combination of nudges at grocery stores and also like maybe top-down policies from governments um i think it also mentions like altering diets and just in general making other changes in the food system and this just it will cause to improve our human health and also make the system more sustainable you what little things are you doing to protect the environment i think it's um like little things such as you know turning off the tap when you brush your teeth um maybe just turning off your computer when you're not using it it's just you know just to conserve power um not buying bottled water or like i said you know if you do just recycling the bottles if you have to um utilizing public transportation to reduce the pollution that cars add to the environment and basically just like i guess turning off the lights when you leave a room i mean these are all little things that people probably don't realize that actually do make a change into um global warming mm-hmm. so what impact do you think eating organic food has on the environment I think um well like I was saying when I was talking about um you know our dietary shifts and all of that um 
it it does make a difference i wouldn't like i i don't really have a like an exact answer on that but i think um like when i was reading the articles it said that food production actually does result in emissions of carbon dioxide um methane and other planet warming gases in many ways um you know including land clearing and de deforestation for agriculture and grazing digestion by cattle and other livestock production and use of fertilizers and the cultivation of rice in flooded patties so it all could like global warming has a lot to do with emissions and i think um what people have not realized is that right now overall emissions are equivalent to about 60 billion metric metric tons of carbon dioxide a year which is about 30 percent of total global emissions so we have to focus on the reduction of emissions because and because that's that has a lot to do with also what what we eat and um how the food that we're we're providing for ourselves has also plays like a part in all of that too oh my goodness i never even thought about it that way Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I guess that's why a lot of people don't really think about these things more in depth or they just don't read about it enough. And well, I guess this is why um, we're making this podcast so it could just serve as an insight to those who are unaware of the problems that we are facing due to global warming. And I guess that they just don't um, focus on it because may simply because it's not occurring to them. But like on the contrary, like such problems that as like that global warming are bringing is affecting every one of us even if we don't realize it and there is proof to that so i also wanted to mention that like changes in the weather mean an insufficient amount of water for farmers and their crops and animals so this is a big problem that people don't realize and so like something that could have been just considered a crisis global warming now has to be seen as a national emergency so like I mentioned in the in the article um, before the how climate migration will reshape America, it was also talking about like water shortages. And it mentions that fresh water is going to be in short supply, not only in the West, but like I, I think it mentions like also in places like Florida, Georgia um, and Alabama like where droughts now regularly wither cotton fields and something also very surprising that caught my attention um it was that it said that by 2040 like according to federal government projections there's going to be extreme water shortages that are going to just be global especially like in the west of missouri so this is just something that we we do have to pay attention to They also emphasize on the worldwide division global warming can cause and that, and that it brings and how in parts of the world it has already begun. So although we are currently facing a pandemic which has brought a lot of challenges such as social, economical, health and labor issues, we have to realize that global warming will only add to such problems and it is time for us to start paying attention to it. Um, I also wanted to, I guess, get on the um, philosophical point of view. Um, because at the end, it's all up to us humans to actually make the change and be able to persist with it to actually see progress more rapidly. 
Um, Peter Singer is an Australian philosopher who had major influence in debates around factory farming, veganism, and climate change. One of his most important arguments is that it all comes down to how we can prevent evil through our contributions, no matter the hardship involved. So according to Singer, we have to learn how to do things not based on, on duty, but based on charity, and that we can easily apply this to the changes we are facing due to global warming. Because it, it is not only a duty to help with the dilemma that we're facing, but there are actions that we have to commit on doing before anyone has to force it on us. Singer had a brand of utilitar- utilitar- oh, sorry, utilitarianism, uh, where he mentions that climate change is a challenge to his to this on two accounts. First, that the problem of reducing the carbon output of humanity is tied to the problem of rising human populations. The more people there are, the greater the difficulty of tackling climate change is going to be. And second, climate change requires that we consider the preferences not only of existing human beings, but of those yet to come. And we have no confidence about that when it comes to generations far into the future. Perhaps they, they won't care much about the Earth because the delights of life on other planets will probably just be greater. So we can assume that they won't care much about they won't care much about this because a virtual life with its brilliant fantasies will seem far more preferable than a real one. Therefore, his brand provides arguments where we should take climate change into consideration and actually worry about it since upcoming generations probably won't. Um, there also have been many counter-arguments from different philosophers, such as David Hume, who argue that the reasons anyone has for actions all has to do with their desires. So if the world is coming to an end, um, it brings no importance to them, unless there's actually a desire behind it. So whether this is true or not, the ethical view of the environmental issues we are facing is that Earth is our home, and it matters because the lives of human beings go well when her natural system goes well too. So therefore, establishing more conversations like this one should open up the eyes of those who think their help would not matter. And it is time to start embracing the fact that the world is what we make it to be. So actually, before we jump into the religious perspective of global warming and um, like see trying to see it through a different standpoint nabiha just i i kind of want to ask you what are what is what do you think are the human causes of global warming and climate change okay so i want to talk about some of the human causes of climate change The extent of the human contribution to modern global climate change is a hotly debated topic in political circles, particularly in the U.S. According to an analysis conducted by Carbon Brief on how each of the major factors affecting the Earth's climate would influence temperatures in isolation, it found that since 1850, almost all the long-term warming can be explained by greenhouse gas emissions and other human activities. If greenhouse gas emissions alone were warming the planet, we would expect to see about a third more than what has actually occurred. They are offset by cooling from human-produced atmospheric aerosols. Also, natural variability in the Earth's climate is unlikely to play a major role in long-term warming. As society has developed, they have begun further contributing to the climate change problem globally as humans are increasingly influencing the climate and the Earth's temperature by burning fossil fuels, cutting down rainforests, and farming livestock. This adds enormous amounts of greenhouse gases to those naturally occurring in the atmosphere, increasing the greenhouse effect and global warming. 
We are also adding to the climate change problem in society through aerosols, which influence the climate in two primary ways, by changing the amount of heat that gets in or out of the atmosphere, or by affecting the way the clouds form. And I also do want to talk about some of the causes for rising emissions. So again, as society has developed, we have become heavily reliant on burning coal, oil, and gas. But this has led to the rise in emissions as they produce carbon dioxide and nitrous oxide. On Earth, human activities are changing the natural greenhouse. Over the last century, the burning of fossil fuels like coal and oil has increased the concentration of CO2 because the burning process combines carbon with oxygen in the air. The consequences of changing the natural atmospheric greenhouse, although they're difficult to predict, they can definitely range from the earth becoming warmer, warmer conditions leading to more evaporation and precipitation in certain regions, while other regions become dry, the oceans will warm up and partially melt glaciers and ice sheets, which will contribute further to the sea level rise. And all the climate extremes that can occur from this, like droughts, floods, extreme temperatures, etc., it can lead to crop losses and threaten the livelihood of agricultural producers and the food security of communities worldwide. One of the next causes for rising emissions is deforestation. Trees help to regulate the climate by absorbing CO2 from the atmosphere. So when they are cut down, that beneficial effect is lost and the carbon stored in the trees is released into the atmosphere, adding to the greenhouse effect. And another key factor in why emissions are rising would be the increase in livestock farming. Cows and sheep produce large amounts of methane when they digest their food, which does not have healthy effects on the climate change. And it is clear to see the meat industry is huge globally. Those are some really great points, Nabiha, and I really appreciate all the information that you have gathered for us today. So besides that, I think it's just crucial that we see global warming through, like I said before, different standpoints and perspective. I guess just so we can give it a little more sentiment and actually allow people to give this topic the importance that it actually deserves. So now we have Jose, who is going to focus on the religious perspective of global warming. Hey, Jose. So hey guys, today um, I'm going to talk about global warming in a religious perspective. But first of all, I want you guys to have this question in mind. Can we say God's creation? I believe that God created a wonderful home which is called Earth for his amazing creations such as plants, animals and humans. He created with the purpose of to give a place to live for all the good things he was going to create. Uh, I believe that humans have taken advantage and are abusing all the good things that God gave us without thinking about, thinking about climate change. Also, the biggest, I believe that the biggest issue of our time is climate change. It is transforming our way of life, food systems, economies, and local communities into something else. Norris is more critical than the danger to the world raised by climate change. Climate change represents a major difference in average weather conditions, for example, warmer weather and drier conditions. God gave us the resources that we, are, that we were going to need to survive, such as water. And also, in fact, there is only a 2.5% of water that humans can consume and some of us are wasting it 
when there are other countries where its, where its population is dying due to the lack of water. Not to mention that, well, according to the uh, encyclical letter of Pope Francis, Laudito Si, that's the name of the letter, St. Francis of Assisi reminds us that our common home is like a sister with whom we share our life and a beautiful mother who opens her arms to embrace us. For this reason, we need to hear the cries for help of our mother nature and God's call to humans to get, it, to, to get and work together as brothers like he commanded. We humans have taken this and many more bad habits to the point where Mother Nation is talking to us by showing the consequences of what humanity has done to the environment to mention some, the glaciers melting, the California wildfires, and the Amazon fires. However, by implementing programs, campaigns, recollection of money, and ways to save the earth, humanity will have a positive outlook on Mother Nature. Also, have in mind that the human environment, the natural environment, deteriorate together, right? We can adequately combat environmental degradation unless we attempt to cause cells relate to human and social degradation. Care for the environment represents a challenge for all of humanity. It is a matter of collecting universal duty, that of respecting the common good. It is a responsibility that must measure based on the global dimension of the present ecological crisis and the consequent necessity to meet it on a worldwide level. Also, the urgent challenge to protect our common home includes a concern to bring the whole human family together to seek sustainable, sustainable and, integ and integral development, for we know that things can change. The Creator does not abandon us. He never forsakes his loving plan or re repents of having creators. Humanity can still work together in building our common home. Okay, um, Jose, so I have a question for you, um, just based on everything that you're mentioning. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, so how can an understanding of philosophy help people make better decisions about how to handle major global issues such as climate change? Wow, great question. Look, I was reading an article, right, from this person named Karen Satija. She's a professor of philosophy between the MIT School of Humanity, Art, and Social Sciences. She explores the questions of ethics, including climate change ethics, also epistemology and philosophy of the mind. And according to her article, she said that whether they acknowledge it or not, almost anyone engaged with global issues of human well-being, the distribution of resources of the future or the future of society is doing more philosophy. The most technocratic assessment of cause and benefit makes assumptions about counts as cause and benefit, about the value of human lives and the demands of justice. She mentioned that as German minority Keynes wrote 80 years ago, those who believe themselves to be quite exempt from any intellectual influence 
are usually the slave of some defunct economist or philosopher. With that being said, making our ethics more explicit, being self-conscious about our principles and premises improves our moral thinking. This is particularly true when the questions are ones of public policy, when they operate at scales that defy intuitive judgment and when they are threatened or when they threaten or complacent, they decide to maintain the, the, the status quo. The, the problem of climate change is challenging, right? In all of these ways, it is unique or unusual. In that it leads rapidly beyond the usual, the usual terrain of, of political teor theory to questions more abstract and existential. What should we care about the survival of humanity? What do you think, Melanie? You don't have to answer me. I got you. The answer makes a difference to our assessment of catastrophic risks. Am I right? Maybe you don't know. We don't know. But how should we think about decisions that affect the, the identity of future individuals? Can you ask me with that? No, I don't have the answer to that. Well, if we do not act on climate change, people born 50 or 100 years from now will let import her fresh lives, but they would have been no better off if we had acted otherwise. Am I right? Definitely. In that alternative history, they wouldn't exist. Also, Along with problems of identity, there are problems of time itself. Economists often discount not only wealth, but human welfare as they project into the future. Because income pounds year by year, the discount rate swamps other factors in the economy assessment of climate change. So there was actually a concept that author George Sansley um, proposed that had to do with how the ecosystem would re revolutionize the scientific relationship with nature. So can you just tell us a little bit more about that concept? Sure. Look, first of all, ecological science is another approach which conveys a completely different vision of the world. Arthur George Sansley, he's a British botanist, and the concept that he proposed about the ecosystem is a concept that refers to all the interactions of the various living species among themselves and all, and all the living organisms with the physical environment. So, for example, soil, soil air, climate, etc. In this context, man rediscovers himself as belonging to the nature, as an element of the ecosystem. Moreover, this ecosystem is a finite environment with a limited resources, both upstream and downstream of human activities. I also had the opportunity to read about René Descartes, and I read that he considers nature to be a set of objects made available to human beings. And the other philosopher named Galileo, he defends the idea of an animal machine, living things, and he, and he says that he said that living things are nothing more than inert matter organized in a complex way. Only the human being has a substantial soul distinct from the body, making it only respectable species. 
The rest of nature, living or inert, is part of the world of objects at humanity's disposal. Descartes, going back to Descartes, has no regard for the environment, which he views in an utilitarian way and considers an infinite resource that humans can draw upon without any qualms. We can see to what extent such assumptions have led to the shameless exploitation of nature in all of its forms. For example, agriculture, fishing, intensive livestock, farming, mineral depletion, pollution of all kinds. So when it comes to global warming, we have to not only look at it through a scientific way, but also through its religious perspective. And to, fin and to finish this podcast, my classmate, my classmate Melanie has something final to say. Yeah, Jose. So I think that um, we have covered a lot of different information about global warming itself. And um, this is why I just hope our podcast serves as an insight to those who are unaware of the problems that we are facing due to global warming, um, simply because it's not occurring to them. Um, at the end, these problems are something that is affecting um, every single one of us. And we have to be able to um, just face the problem straight up and not um, ignore everything that's going on about it. So I hope that our podcast um, has not only gained um, everyone some knowledge about global warming, but it was also very insightful um, through the different perspectives that we mentioned. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, thank you, and I hope you guys will like this podcast.